All right, like we said, <laughs> the greatest podcast. Yes, ever. the greatest podcast ever. And if you're watching it on YouTube, even better. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Sincerely, though, thank you. No, yeah, actually, actually, thank you. Make sure to subscribe. Uh, yes, like. like um, please comment. Engage with us. Yes, yes. Comment. Uh, follow us on. We're on, not weird. On our separate YouTube channels. Follow us on uh, yes. Facebook, uh, yeah. Instagram, uh, uh, Grinder. Follow us on all the things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> I will play waiting music. Ooh. Do, 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 do. <laughs> ah. <laughs> so I'm playing around with this new toy I got. It's like a little synth with a stylus screen here. It was first shown in the Beatles Get Back documentary, and I saw a bunch of these on Amazon shortly after that. So, uh, it's actually a lot of fun. You'll annoy your, your living partner with. Ooh. It's kind of cool. If you find yourself dealing with an unexpected backstory and a preponderance of exposition, then the sequel rules do not apply. Because you are not dealing with a sequel. You are dealing with the concluding chapter of a trilogy. Hey, Mr. Young, isn't that him? Hey. hey. Can you break a log like that? Don't know. Never been attacked by two. This Organized Chaos podcast is brought to you by Gems Art Studio. Gems Art Studio is an online store that allows access to prints that you can use for most anything, obviously as just a picture, or as a wallpaper, or as a bookmark, or anything you can think of. You can find Gems Art Studio at etsy.com slash shop slash Gems Art Studio. This podcast is also brought to you by listeners like you. Thank you. Hello and welcome to an Organized Chaos podcast. Uh, joining me is Bobby, and I actually just want to congratulate anyone who's listening to this right now. Congratulations. You have found the best single episode of any podcast in the history of the universe. That is well correct. done. Well that done. You have chosen well. You uh, chose wisely. <laughs> this podcast will make your life better. We don't know how, but you know. Congratulations. <laughs> and good for you. And, you know, I, I don't want to oversell this podcast, but we, we do have some great topics, Bobby. Uh, yes. Uh, we, we have a, we have, <laughs> we have changed lineup. We're going to do a whole screen yeah. thing. But Omicron is just tearing through, uh, yeah. work, like, everywhere. Uh, so I'm not comfortable going to theaters. I'm not comfortable, you know, be like, hey, Bobby, go to the theater. No. Yeah. No. And, you know, like, we, we respect each other's health. Yeah, yeah. Not be like, you know, and we already kind of said, you know, it's going to be on streaming in February. So, yeah, so we might wait a yeah, minute. Yeah, we'll, we'll or, see. Well, yeah. what's it going to be we're, streaming we'll on? 
uh, Paramount, I believe. Oh, God, Paramount. You can sign up for a free weekend. That's true. That's true. But, but or you could also have great Star Trek stooped. Yeah, you're not wrong. All the Star Trek series are on there. That's the biggest draw for me. And I believe the first time, like the complete original Twilight Zone. Ooh, eh, eh, eh. There is like a bunch of the old ones. I'm kind of hammering my way through it. Yeah, it, it's hard because like I want to watch them in like the order that they aired, but then I'll find myself just going through and be like, "Oh, that was a great yeah, one." Yeah, the classics. <laughs> and yeah, and then just oh wait, wait, that was a great one. You'll see. Oh, oh, that was really good. Oh, I want to watch both of these. I'll watch that one, then I'll watch that one. Oh, there's that one too. You know, you could just you, you get lost. It's the same with Star Trek. It's hard to watch it in order, like uh, with Next Gen and well, the it, original it, series. I was about to say DS Nine. You almost have to watch an order. You can jump around, but you gotta you, yeah, that, you got that jumping around in in the right order. Still, <laughs> you, you could you could have better luck jumping around with the original uh, cast films. Oh. Probably. Because uh, I don't there. think there's too many ones that carry over, with probably the exception of Wrath of Khan and Search for Spock. Well, I was about right. well, Wrath of Khan, Search for Spock, and then Voyage Home. Voyage Home is directly Home. after Search for Spock because they don't even that have the Enterprise true. in that one. That they don't. That's right. They they land the the Vulcan ship in uh, San yeah. Francisco. Yeah, the Klingon cloaking device. Yeah, right. Well, that's right. That's right. No, it was a Klingon ship, not a Vulcan ship. Yeah, no, they. May, I, I like that. It's been that. a while since I've seen that one. The only thing I really remember about it are whales. Um, uh, the lady from uh, Ch- Child's Play. Yes, yes. <laughs> and uh, nuclear vessels. And yes. that cop looking at him like, no. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not telling you anything. <laughs> no. Yeah, the, the cop just giving him a look like, you are the worst spy in the history of the universe. <laughs> and you're Russian? No. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, we see Johnny tossing a football. <laughs> going to his friend Mark in the yes. background. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we didn't go to a theater to see Scream 5, so we didn't do the yeah. Scream-a-thon this week. Uh, but so we did... We- we're trying to avoid spoilers. I know I am. Yeah, I I haven't seen it. I don't know any spoilers, so I, I can't I, really spoil it. <laughs> I'm, I'm knowing it's getting mixed reviews. I've heard from a, one person who was not necessarily a fan of the franchise, just kind of walked in because they know the, the franchise name. Mm-hmm. They said, well, it was very predictable. Every kill I saw come in. Everyone who was going to die I saw come in. I knew who the killer was. And it's just kind of like, okay, okay. That's all you took away from it. Mm-hmm. You seen any other ones? Well, yeah. No. And then just went okay. So that one just that you you nailed the target audience by it then. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll get more into that because we are yeah. we're still going to talk about Scream Three. We were going to do Scream yeah. Three, Four, and Five, but now we're just doing Scream Three, and yeah. it kind of worked out because also Peacemaker came out uh, just recently, the first three episodes. Yeah. It did. I absolutely did want to watch that and talk about that. So, and three episodes is a lot. So, it'd be yeah, good to talk about like, that and get those cleared out. About like what, forty-five minutes apiece? Yes. Yeah. And then, uh, following up what we did uh, last week, we're slowly working our way up to Cobra Kai. We're going to talk about the Karate Kid Two. Which, yeah. Uh, yeah. That. Uh, that. 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 Which features a lot of rage. Yeah, it's a lot of unchecked aggression. Yeah, uh, are we ready to roll into Scream 3? Yeah, yeah, let's talk about it. Yes. 
Scream Three. The uh, so yes, the yeah. obvious, uh, or as I like to call it, Scream Three: The Obvious Disappearance of Williamson. Yeah, yeah. This is the first <laughs> one not written by him. Yeah, uh, this it's uh, very noticeable. Yeah, I think. I, I don't like I when I first read this name, I thought written by Ethan Kruger because I saw it real quickly. I was like, oh, Ethan, no, eh, Ren, eh, Ren. Yeah, I, I I mistaked it for Ethan the first time I looked, yeah. glanced at it recently too. <laughs> for, but he is probably most famous for writing Transformers two, three, and four. So he did this right before probably rolling into those movies. Uh, yeah, I yeah. mean. I'm, I'll go ahead and say this right up front. This movie is better than those ones, so, uh, yeah. Yes, it is. Yes, <laughs> it, it's better than any Transformers movie. Yeah, oh, yeah. One thing I did think was interesting was the opening kill. thought it was kind of ballsy because it's, yeah. I consider Cotton part of the, well, he's part of the original cast. Yeah, well, he's you barely in the Cotton, first one, yeah, but, but he's a he's big like role in the second one. Missing. Yeah. But he's a pretty big role in the second one, yeah. and, you know, like, I would say that from what I understand of the fan base, I would say that one and two are definitely held in a high regard. Yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. Well, yeah. yeah. Pro- it's been a while since I've seen four. Uh, I haven't seen five yet. But so far, going through this, yeah, those are the two better yes. ones. <laughs> up, up to the point of, this, of the release of this film, those two were definitely... Some would even. I know that some people have said that two is better than the first one. I don't know about. That I won't one. go that I still, far. I, I wouldn't go. Uh, it's good. It mm-hmm. doesn't surpass the original. That no. rarely happens in this genre. In no my opinion. No, they totally talk about sequels that surpass the original, and I they would definitely say Scream Two does not qualify. <laughs> no, it does not. It does not. Some of the films in there they they did are also ones that are very common for argument and debate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Godfather, I, I thought yeah. it was a cop-out on Star Wars I brought up last time. <laughs> it's a total cop-out. It, it, well, yeah, it, it, it is, because, you know, if you're comparing, you know, um, Jedi to Empire, I mean, one had Muppets, one had depth and story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, yeah, Cotton Weary, yeah, sorry. Yeah, he, he, he was our uh, big kill at the beginning, which I thought was... Part of me thought was clever because it's like, oh, it's a returning character, giving you the idea, oh, maybe the opening kill won't be an opening kill. But then again, yeah. I'm also like, it's cotton. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, it's it's cotton. It's not yeah. like it's, you know, the, the, the core three. No, no. It's not Gale, Dewey, or Sydney. But I feel cotton. like... Uh... <laughs> well, that's the other thing. I, I think it's worth noting out. Like, this movie really solidified, like, the core three. Essentially, you're oh, going to yeah. have Sydney, Gale, and Dewey in pretty much, it seems like, all these movies. We'll see what they do in five. I actually would be interested if they mix it up in I've five. I've seen all three I in doubt the trailer. Well. Yeah, no, they're all oh, three what? in the trailer. Yeah, they're all oh, three in I the don't movie. Think all three are going to make it. I, I'm, I'm kind of already telling myself that one of them will die. Yeah. I don't know who, but one of them will. Well, I don't know if one of them will die or one of them will be the killer. In which case, that I'm prepared die. for one of them to die. Yeah. At this point. I am. I uh, I hate to say it. Mm-hmm. If and if I'm right, I'm really gonna be mad at myself. Mm-hmm. But a Dewey. Yeah. Well, he was he supposed close... to die in the first one. Yeah. He was, but he's had enough close calls. Yeah. He he gets. He, he, his someone's luck is gonna run out. 
And I mean, from what it looks like in the trailers, I take it the marriage isn't going well. Ah. At least still going. From what I've seen of trailers, mm-hmm. that's all. I mean, he looks like when he's living in a trailer by himself and he has a few empty liquor bottles on there. I doubt Gail is living with him. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe. <laughs> that, maybe yeah, that's how she knows. rolls. You don't know. <laughs> yeah. Maybe she goes hard in the paint. <laughs> <laughs> she seems like the type. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I got I did. I did read something interesting since I know that the whole cast has been doing uh, interviews recently mm-hmm. about, like, you know, the franchise and everything. Uh, I did read one from Courtney Cox, and she was talking about this film and how much she regrets the hair decision, her hair choice, and the bangs. No, <laughs> I, I thought that was kind of funny. So she's like, out of the franchise, you know, it's like anything that you regret in any of them? My Bane's in Scream 3. Just how quickly she answered it. It was like, <laughs> wow, I didn't even know them. So, well, I noticed <laughs> it because when I was watching it with the wife, that she immediately said something about it. And I was like, oh, what is that? Like, uh, and she's like, yeah, that's a choice. That was a choice. And I went, oh, like oh. That, oh, okay. <laughs> So I, I take it, and the more I looked at it, I was like, God, that kind of does not look, no, that, that, was, a, that was a choice. Yeah. I see it. And it's kind of hard to unsee once it brings attention to it. It's I... hard to, because admittedly in this series, she is my favorite character. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we'll see, definitely the most interesting. And... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they, for this one not being written by Kevin, I kind of like what they did with her in a sense in this one but they kind of reset her in a sense <laughs> she was kind of more like gail from the first film like yeah kind of met her that well, we were introduced to the franchise first in the second film in the opening scene yes. and, uh, <laughs> it was uh omar epps and jada pinkett mm-hmm. they were at the movie theater watching a movie called stab mm-hmm. which was based on the events from the first scream film so it's kind of like this universe's in meta f- film franchise. It's yeah. this universe's scream, which I believe, yeah. So I think it's, which they later find out in four that I guess it's only the first three stab movies to have anything, to, or the first four stab or three stab movies have anything to do with Sidney Prescott. After that, they just kind of go off and do their own thing. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of like a take on a lot of those other franchises, not to name anyone, Jason. Yeah, I I (laughs) didn't even remember. Freddy did did too. Freddy did as well. And for, well, uh, Wes was directing that one, so I mean, he does poke fun at himself. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. And he didn't, and and pretty much as he he, he has the same opinion of it as I know Carpenter had. Well, every time someone comes to me with an idea of making a Halloween movie, all I do is this. And a check lands in my hand. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. All right, Carpenter. Yeah, yeah. something to be said for that. <laughs> <laughs> That's why, I, my opinion, he's one of the best. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about this one some more. I'm yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. No, I. We, we haven't even touched my notes. We got like point one. Yeah, so we're at Cotton Dying yeah. first, and it's revealed that the killer has a multi, like a voice changer, just like yeah. the rest. It gives us classic ghost face. Um, what is that actor's name? Roger Jackson. Roger Jackson. Roger yeah. L. Jackson. Yes, yeah. here it is. Yeah. So it's that iconic, his iconic voice of you know, ghost face, that hello. 
So we start off with that. It, well, first we, it sounds like a woman, some woman that we know who's calling Cotton, and then it changes the ghost face. So this thing can change people's voices, and then later, when when Cotton's girlfriend is attacked, that we later see, we hear Cotton's voice. So it can obviously has different voices. So that's something new that was adi- that is an addition to this film. Yeah. So that's like a new tech that the uh, ghost face is using. And it's worth noting when you use it, like it completely changes your voice. Like you can't even hear your voice when you're talking. It just, that's your voice now. Yeah, because we've seen in like the first scream, even at the end during the reveal, like when they're talking, we even hear Billy like screaming at Sydney and we still hear his voice mm-hmm. and the voice changers over. Yeah. Like, this one, you your your voice is completely covered and gone. Yeah. But what I find is interesting is not only that we later see it has everyone's different voice on there, yeah. but it has its toning, so it's able to get the tonation of somebody down, at like how their 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 yeah how their how they do speech patterns, you know, mm-hmm. like all of that little nuances that make an individual them. Yeah. Somehow this this box replicates it. I mean, yeah. It's a little far-fetched, but it's a cool idea. I mean, it's a cool idea. I, I'm not even sure how he got, like, all those voices. Like, how the fuck did he get Billy's voice? I mean, it's all over the board on the now, voices how did he, he gets get, here. How, what, Billy? You mean yeah. Maureen? I yeah. He Ma- used Billy, Billy's voice. No, he, he uses Billy's voice when he's chasing her. I'm pretty sure. When? Like, uh, out on the movie set? Like the Woodsboro? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Mama Faber said that woman was a slut back who flashed her shit all over town like she was Sharon Stone. Because let's face it, your mother was no Sharon Stone. Your mother was fucking my father. Huh. Like he. Because I remember he uses the, the mom's voice there. Yeah, he does use the mom's voice too. Yeah, no, he uses. Like, he uses any voice he wants, I feel like. There's no, like, actual rules yeah, there is this a, thing. It, but <laughs> it's weird, though, when you see it, there's, like, yeah. maybe five buttons on that. Thing. Yeah. I mean, I've counted at least eight voices. Yeah, he just does so, whatever the I mean, fuck he does wants. Does he cycle them in? Are there, like, you know, memory cards that store different ones? What is the labeling system for this? Do you yeah. have it labeled for efficiency? Because that seems only right. Or do you have to carry both on you at all times? Yeah. At that point, you need. You, you, I imagine I have this Halloween costume. You can't really carry a lot with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's <laughs> well, you know, it'd be nice if they set up some sort of rules for it, but it, it just kind of, I mean, it's one thing also it's worth no God going over a place in my head right now, but like in this movie, you cannot trust any phone calls period. I think every phone no. call outside of a couple that Sydney did about the crisis line, we're all just the killer. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It got to a point where anytime somebody's talking on the phone, I'm just like, well, that's not actually the person. And Ooh, every time or, it was right. Every time. Or, you know, or little theory, what if the killer did was calling that crisis line for a long period of time? Oh, my God. You know, like <laughs> getting familiar and kind of trying to understand Sydney somehow through all that. I, so, I don't know. We, we later find out how batshit crazy he is. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I wouldn't put it past his goofy ass. So literally every single phone call in this movie is the killer. 
Yes, yes. Jesus maybe even, even several other previous two screen time starting. Oh, yeah, sure. Why not? Why, let's go all in. Uh, he also does it yeah, in four yeah. or five, even though he's dead. Spoiler for a 20 year old movie. 20 year <laughs> the killer's dead. I mean, it fits the narrative. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, okay. And after, uh, yeah, after Cotton and his girlfriend's death, we uh, go to, we, we go to Sydney, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Looks like secluded in the woods. Uh, You know, like very private gate. She has a code. Mm -hmm. We have, we see, we see, they have a dog or she has a dog. I wouldn't call it a guard dog. It's a retriever. I don't, I don't know what that thing can do in the sense of protection. Maybe Mm -hmm. go get help, but bark loudly. (laughs) Bark very loudly. Yeah, that's about it. But, we later, well, I mean, we later find out she does have a gun. At <laughs> a girl, <laughs> she's smartened up. But uh, yeah, we see that she lives by herself. She has kind of like still a little paranoid after you know her life, but after her college and high school experience, rightfully so. I mean, she had a boyfriend try and kill her in high school, <laughs> and some more, and then her boyfriend's mother and some and one of her classmates tried to kill her. <laughs> so you know. I think it's right that I mean I would live alone in that situation, wouldn't you? And she's working at a crisis hotline where uh, she gives counsel to women in distress through most. Well, that's like, at least what she does as her job. And screen uh, three news in Hol- Yeah, news on Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there's a murder, and Cotton was appearing in a movie called Stab Three. Yes, and he right. was killed. So we see police detectives. Uh, trying to interview the cast, seeing what they know. The movie is potentially being shut down. And we uh, get introduced to the majority of a cast, which is kind of looking very familiar. Mm-hmm. Kind of looking a little bit like we see someone who's dressed up like Gail from mm. the first film. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we see a guy in a de- deputy outfit. It's mm. obviously Dewey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And we see someone who's kind of looking like very Sydney-esque. That's you know not Tori Spelling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sydney in the previous two films. Yeah, they and a couple about of new recasting. faces. <laughs> yeah, a couple of new uh, faces as well. And we hear chatter amongst them and how kind of nervous they all are, along with the director, uh, who's played by uh, Scott Foley, right? Uh that sounds right to me. Yeah, <laughs> Scott Foley is Roman Bridger. Yeah. He is a completely he, unimportant character, and you should probably just forget about him. He means nothing. Because he forward. is just background fodder. Yes. Honestly, <laughs> to the movie's credit and issue, almost simultaneously, yeah. he is fairly easy to dismiss. Mm. Yeah. Easy to dismiss. Yeah, he's... <laughs> He's he's not very interesting, I find. He's just kind of whiny and annoying. <laughs> and just kind of, who is this? Every time he's ever in the scene, you always kind of go, who is it? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. The director. That's right. That that guy. What's his? Maybe they'll say his name and I'll know who he is then. Well, I keep on having <laughs> to correct myself because every time Lance Hendrickson pops up, like, you see him a little bit on that set and it seems like Lance Hendrickson is acting like the director. But he's just yeah. the producer. 
There's this other guy who's a director who never, like, acts particularly directorly on the set, but just kind of whines about the shit, so... Well, that's, that's him. Because, you know, like, it's it's Lance Hendrickson. Well, yeah, no. I mean, you know, like, he's magnetism. Yeah, more Lance Hendrickson is always better, is my uh, yeah, general he, motto. <laughs> he steals the scene in everything he's ever been in. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and he gets to be in the best Scream movie. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't count I, the other I, ones, okay? I, I dig the character. Yeah. I really dug the character. Like, that was as close as, I guess, Kruger could get to mirroring Kevin Williamson's style of writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was the, with that movie exec. And as we later find out, he's a lot like a lot of other executives that were loosely based yeah. with Mirror Max. Shocking! Yeah. <laughs> that, that wasn't a thing. That was... Yeah. But yeah, before we get too far, we gotta talk about uh, who was outside the movie studio. Um, <laughs> Snooch. Yeah, Jay and Silent Bob nooch. were in line to get inside this movie studio. So I pose a question to you, Bobby. Hmm. The the View Askew universe. Kevin Smith's film universe. Yeah, yeah. Well, are Do the we three movies take mostly... place in it? <laughs> Maybe. I mean, well, it it would be fair to say that because I don't know. I, I'm trying to think of any time during Scream where they've ever, or I've seen Nails cigarettes. Ah, that would be the dead giveaway. Yeah. Well, movie the cow. <laughs> be a nice little Easter egg to drop cow. in there. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I know that in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, there's the scene where they're making like Scream Five, I think. Do they specify what the movie is? I, I, I forget which one it is. Mm -hmm. I think I don't know if they specify which one it is, or you might see it on a marker, like a blink and you miss it sort of thing. Yeah, it's... But, like, yeah, I remember that the killer was a monkey. Yeah, it's it's Wes Craven yeah. directing Shan Doherty and a monkey in a Scream-like movie. <laughs> and he's, yeah, she, like, takes off a fucking monkey. Yeah. Wes, cut, what? What, what, what? Like studies show, people love love monkeys. Yeah, duh. Jay and Bob Steele. You know we love this monkey. See, <laughs> <laughs> I think what it is is that I think Kevin and Wes met through Bob or Harvey, maybe, mm, maybe, and they had, and they became a friendship, or they got a friendship together, or I think it might have been while he was making. Or maybe doing like Jersey Girl, or what was it? What is it he made? But yeah, he did make Jersey Girl before Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. It was no, Jane Bob. no, it was yeah, after no, Jane Silent Bob. Yeah, yeah, it was that he was, and it would have been Dogma. So I think he might have been like while well, he was doing like interior set shooting for Dogma. Yeah, Bob Dogma or, was a year before this, so that's a hundred percent possible. Mm. Yeah, I think it was that he was working on Dogma or something when they had first met. And I think, you know, Wes said, if you ever have any idea for anything, you know, like, let me know. And he happened to be there pitching, I think, the idea to, about, about, like, his next film mm -hmm. while Wes was there and he had Jay with him. 
So I think it was like while they were filming Scream 3 and he just like and was like, hey, Wes is doing something. Let's go stop by and say, hey, mm-hmm. you know, let's go like, you know, like he went brought Jay around. Hey, you want to meet Wes Craven? You know, let's go say hi. Mm-hmm. And that's how I think they got on this one. Or, and then later, you know, when he was making Jay and Bob, I think he called Wes like, hey, mm-hmm. uh, you want to be in my movie mm-hmm. for like a minute? <laughs> Well, it, it does sync up with the story of Jay and Silent Bob strike yeah. back fairly well with them going to movie sets, yeah. trying to find I, their I, movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's on the commentary, like the DVD or the or the Blu-ray commentary for the film mm-hmm. I uh, of Jay and Silent Bob strike back. I think Kev talks about it, and I think that's what he says. Mm-hmm. Either, I, either way, mm-hmm. those movies, yeah, those movies, all of Kevin's movies, the commentaries are like just as funny as the movie, if not funnier. No, well, it's one of those things. Like, I am not a fan of a lot of his movies recently, but like he has his podcasts and his videos and stuff that like he does. Yeah, those things are fun as hell. <sighs> yeah, um, I, I'll admit, uh, Tusk was all right. Tusk was half a good movie, and then as soon as Johnny Depp pops up, the whole thing goes off the rails very quickly. Yeah, I, I will admit Johnny Depp was my least favorite part of mm-hmm. that, and I haven't liked Johnny in anything since that. God, that might be it for me too. That's that I mean, was he so was, weird. When he was he, pops he was up in there. he was okay in Public Enemies. I haven't seen Public but, Enemies, so uh, <laughs> he was okay, but he was playing a character. Christian Bale was better. Yeah. But, but Christian Bale is like a great actor. Yeah, <laughs> I think Johnny Depp's a great actor too. But he just gets—he's way too Peter Sellersy. Yeah, it's like yeah, kind very of much almost so. to the point of mockery where it's like, eh, you're not back, Johnny. You're not Peter Sellers, man. You're not. You're you're not. And don't even try to be. Yeah. I just want to smack him and go. That's a bad Johnny Depp. Yeah, stop it, stop Get it. The spray bottles. <laughs> but. Get off the but yeah, so uh, I'm I'm just kidding. I wouldn't I wouldn't be that rude to Johnny Depp. I he's he's been through some hell. So I think that is the connection to it. It's on one of the commentaries, probably. Like yeah, yeah I think oh. it is. It's some it's it's some weird long like I know that Kev talks about it, and mm-hmm. they're like way past that part by the time he's done telling the story. <laughs> in uh, the actual Jay and Bob movie. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's kind of funny because they have to, like, oh, yeah. So, yeah, we were talking, and I, I missed a bunch of stuff. Anyway, right here, here look, it's Mark Hamill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of Mark Hamill, there is a cameo in this as there very much one. worth noting. Fucking, it very much is. It's probably the highlight of the entire movie is just it, her couple yeah. moments. Carrie Fisher. Fucking... Awesome. The fucking queen that she is. God. She she's literally making fun of herself in this movie too. Yeah. Uh, she she plays a character. I don't remember the name of the character, but she was someone who lost the role of Princess Leia. Yeah. And according to her, uh yeah, the role went to whoever slept with George Lucas. Nope. And yep. Carrie Fisher slept with George Lucas. Yeah, apparently, according to this character, yes. According to <laughs> Yeah, no, that was just that was just a fun cameo. Uh, you was. get some story it, stuff. That's the thing. So we have this whole movie set, 
Yeah, well, it's it's like a Hollywood setting. Yeah, first, like we're we're setting in Hollywood for this is the film setting. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a new environment, still California, because Woods Woodsboro took place. It was California, and it's like the college is Ohio, I believe, like Windsor, Ohio. No, it might be, yeah. The fictional, or is there a Windsor in our state? No, fuck, I don't know. There's lots of I mean, cities I don't know probably, about. <laughs> that sounds like it would be an Ohio town, especially a small college mm -hmm. town. Windsor, Ohio is an hour and 11 minutes away from me. Oh, Yeah, so it's, it's not too far like out. A... Yes, Scream 3, everybody's favorite Scream movie. Yeah, like, and from what I've read from, like, the online fan base, like, this is the most diverse, like, of the fan base. Like, yeah, a lot of I people like that. it, and a lot of people hate it. Well, it's... you see, I definitely wouldn't say I hate this. I don't even know if I'd go so far as to say as I dislike it, but it's definitely not remotely as good as the other two. Um, no, it's, it is not as good as the other two. Is, well, like, I was even getting to, like, they have this whole movie set. And, yeah, they have that one, like, chase scene. But I don't really feel like they do a whole lot with the movie set outside the one, like, room that wasn't complete. Yeah. That felt like about it. Like, they recreate Sydney's room. Which, actually, I thought could have been interesting, but it doesn't feel like they do a whole lot, even with that, even with the doors so much. No, they just kind of did it almost as like a callback to it. Yeah. Yes. And, what, and I mean, she utilized it. Yeah. But like, it was the same, but like they did different things with it this time. Like, uh, she was going to run out of that one room of that room that wasn't finished. Mm -hmm. Instead, she just hid and wait for her ghost face to yeah. run out and just fall on the bed. Yeah. But I also feel like it's a missed opportunity because what a great setting would have been that yeah. would have been for the final like confrontation. It's the movie yeah. set. The killer has it all set up. And he, well, spoiler, the killer is the director. He could have yeah. set this all up and just been creepy as fuck with it. And Absolutely. they don't do that. It's just They don't. Yeah. They let it go in the mansion, and the mansion is a nice set piece for the finale. I'll, sure, I'll sure. Say, I will give it that. It's it, yeah. it works, and it serves its purpose with the hidden passages. Mm -hmm. It's the... Uh, it's uh, Lars Fredrickson's uh, place, who yeah. is like a movie executive in the film. Mm -hmm. And it's his place. Uh, what, what, no, what is his actual name? Lance Henderson, like the, you said it. Every no, single, no, 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 the, the character. The I character. know, but every single movie he's in since then, is, uh, he's Lance <laughs> Henderson. He's, let's see. No, he's, he's no his name is Bishop. <laughs> Bishop, of course it's Bishop. <laughs> his name is Bishop. And he is a wealthy executive. Of he course creates he synthetics. He creates synthetics. <laughs> uh, John Milton. John Milton. Bishop's yeah, his middle John name. Milton. Yeah, Bishop. <laughs> Milton. Yes, Ooh, that yes. sounds badass. Yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> Bishop Milton. <laughs> but all right, but it, the executives are, it's Milton's house. It's a big old palatial Hollywood estate in the, <laughs> in the hills. And it, it it has a lot of those tellings of like old Hollywood mm -hmm. and this movie kind of plays off that noir sort of setting. Mm -hmm. Like they kind of, I'd say like they almost thread the needle with it. Yeah. The entire time. Like they dance on that line, but never quite cross over into that genre. And I, that's kind of the aspect I really like about this movie. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, and I kind of wish they went more into the mystery end of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, the, uh, the psychedelic experience, I guess, or the nightmare 
was weird in the film. Yeah, they. I don't know if that was really necessary. Did Sydney have any nightmares in the second one? No. Yeah, I don't feel like it was necessary. No. They, I. It feels yeah. tacked on. Like, like uh, why, why cast an actress for that? Like, I just, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Was that even the same actress? If you're going to do the dream sequence stuff, then, like, you want to do a thing where you're having Sydney question her reality. And yeah. they really didn't. I mean, maybe a little bit here or there, but not significantly. Not in the final act at all, that I recall. Um, and that's where you oh, really need to do it. Then. One thing that we haven't brought up is the uh, detectives who yes, are uh, yes, we do got investigating it. this murder of Cotton Weary at first. Because mm -hmm. later Jenny McCartney dies. Mm -hmm. And there was like, you know, tragedy because yeah. Jenny McCarthy died. She's in oh. this and she's, she dies. Yeah, and what a twist. I did not see that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I forgot. We forgot to mention that she's in this. But, yes. and, and so she's in it boobs. for like, what, 10 minutes max? <laughs> Yeah, and so are her boobs. Yeah, yeah. She adjusts. She plays with her boobs a bit. It's like whoa, a bit. <laughs> we first see her just. It's like oh well, Jenny's okay, here. that's uh, Jenny McCarthy for sure. <laughs> yep. Anyone wants to know who she is? That that was her. Yeah. Uh, that's mean. I don't mean that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but she's in it, and you know she also dies. Uh, yeah, at this point, I believe, is when they shut down production altogether. Yeah, I think after she dies. Yeah, and uh, after this, they are going to have a birthday party for Roman at, at like, you know, Milton's house. Mm -hmm. And by this point, uh, Gail, and, actual Gail, like Courtney Cox and Parker Posey, the actress portraying Gail yes. in the film, are both sleuthing and trying yeah. to figure it out. They're trying she to out-gale hey, each other. <laughs> Yeah, it, the whole time. And honestly, it's kind of great. Yeah. Because Parker Posey is just amazing. No, Parker Posey is, like, great in everything she's in. I was disappointed when she died. Because, yeah, like, I not, was, the, not I, the greatest I character, but Parker. I, I'm cool with Parker Posey. <laughs> I am, too. I, I, I think well, I think my favorite movie of hers has to be David Dazed and Confused. Oh, God, I need to rewatch that. It's been forever. It's she is been at least 10 she years. Is such, she is such a bitch. It's so beautiful. <laughs> They did do an interesting thing with the mirrors, though, for her death, which I kind of liked. They it did. did. It did come out of nowhere, but it was kind of well, cool. It's, it, but it's also kind of creepy because later we find out, like, the whole mystery that they're trying to solve is why the, the killer has been leaving clues at all the crime scenes. Mm -hmm. And all the clues that he's been leaving are old, like, headshots and publicity you know, shots that actors would put out to try and get work of Sydney's mother, Maureen Prescott. Mm -hmm. Only she went under the name Maureen Reynolds while she was here. Oh, let me double check that. I kind of sworn it was something completely different. What, yeah, what? Yeah, no, as I said, I was like, that does not sound. And now, you know, I think it might have been, you said Reynolds. I think it was like Reenie Reynolds. Re Rena Reynolds. Rena Reynolds. That's it. Oh, yeah, we should probably bring up. Uh... What, Randy has a little cameo? Yes, because they realized it was a dumb idea to kill him off in two. Yeah, and it was. And, I mean, when your whole franchise is about uh, being movie savvy to horror movies, and you kill off the one character who knows all the horror movies, like, in and out, probably not your best move. <laughs> it was Rena Reynolds. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, it sounded right to me. Yeah. 
I had to like filter through like you know like all the actual Rena Reynolds. But <laughs> yes, yes, it was Rena Reynolds. That was her, the stage name, and they later find out that she had done a few uh, cheap sci-fi films for John Milton. Yes, yes, the horror director. Yes, Lance so Hendrickson. It, it, he. Lance Hendrickson. I guess he made a bunch of cheesy B sci-fi sleazy slasher flicks, you know, in the 70s. So, you know, these are films that Bob and I pretty much can tell you. It's just pretty much tits and gore. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So he was in there. We later find out that a lot of adult things happened at his parties. Yes. His parties were legendary in the 70s. So to kind of put it lightly, they were pretty much all the sleaziness that you could read on a QAnon page of, you know, CZ sex Hollywood parties. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You... And he, he put, he, And he also puts it in a real gross way. This I, I cringed actually whenever he watched this. Oh, how do you part. put it? I don't remember that specifically. He was like, nothing happened to her that she didn't want that happened right. to her. her. Uh, and I was like, oh, uh, <laughs> just oh, uh, yeah. I don't care what happens to you. Oh, uh, good job. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, gross. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, they bring back Randy, and he simply tells him the rules to surviving the horror trilogy. Um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, I'm kind of surprised Ford didn't have a scene where it's like, oh, we have another videotape of Randy. <laughs> oh, there was more to that tape. Yeah, yeah. Was it? Was there in four? I don't remember. I don't. No, but <laughs> Jamie is just like Jamie Kennedy is just clearly older. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> He's got like clearly white hair now. Like, <laughs> yeah, like clearly like you know forty pounds to his face now. <laughs> What? I've heard him talk about how he was so pissed about that in two. And just like, well, why the hell did you kill me off if you're going to bring me back for this little... Yeah. Like, what's the point? Like... <sighs> and I know, like, when this one came out, he did get a really nice letter from Wes saying, look, there was an oversight. <laughs> you know, we miss you, and it was a mistake to do that. Mm-hmm. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I do have to say, like, your core three have become Sydney, uh, Gale, and Dewey, and be frank, it'd probably make more sense if it was Sydney, Gale, and uh, Randy. <laughs> it would be. It, 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 it absolutely would have been, because they were the one survivors that we first see after the death of both killers in the first. Mm-hmm. This is the moment when the supposedly dead killer comes back to life. Not in my movie. It absolutely would have made sense. Mm-hmm. But we're, yeah, his sister, who uh, is on set for some reason. She, she is there to bring him the videotape, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, and the camera, le- like, stayed on her for, like, a, a weird thing. Like, it was kind of like, are you emphasizing something mm-hmm. like that? Or? Yeah. It was obviously like, hey, look at her. She's important. <laughs> Is she the killer? Is that what you're yeah. trying to tell me, movie? No, no. In fact, after she, after the characters see the videotape, we're never gonna mention this again. <laughs> yeah, no, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't like. I said I haven't seen four in a while. I don't even think she's back in four. Which is, no. I feel like part of the problem also with this movie is that now we have a core three, 
And I feel like hopefully five is different, but I feel like every movie after this, we're going to have the core three. And then there's supporting characters, none of which will ever come back. Maybe and one most of which will I die. Most... I feel that this might be the passing of the torch movie. About five? Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. How many more screen movies do they want to make? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think Courtney or Nev want to anymore. I well, think the only yeah. one who would still be down to do it would be David, but I also don't think that he... But he'd also be okay with probably dying at yeah. any moment. In a... Well, he's... I mean, but he'd still, of the like, three, stay he's... on, like, behind the, the camera, you know, like, producer or something like that. I mean, no offense to Dewey or David, but of the three, he I would consider him least important. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, I mean, I know it, I, from what I remember of four, mm-hmm. he was the sheriff of Woodsboro. <laughs> well. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, hey, you know. You you got your job back, Dewey. And I mean, I'm sure, like, you know, you could have gotten it back because, you know, of what you did when you were just a deputy. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, how many times do you have to get stabbed as a deputy to get a promotion? (laughs) Well, uh, he just got stabbed the once, I think, in in, uh, one. And I think he he got knifed a few times in two. Yeah. A couple of times. Yeah. I, thought he, I honestly thought he was dead in two. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, well, yeah, there, there he goes. He has moments in both one and two where it's like, yeah, he's dead, right? <laughs> yeah, no. And then he's his back. Watch well, the next one. They'll uh, fight. And this one, they'll uh, cut off his head. In Scream 5, they're going to cut off his head. And the next one, he's his back. And <laughs> he has little stitches. Scene, <laughs> the end credit scene, it shows someone stitching his head together. <laughs> Think like the Kurgan, except not evil or even remotely badass. Just, just... Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if the Kurgan was played oh. by David Arquette. <laughs> but it's a missed opportunity. I feel like the next to last set should have been the mansion. Then the final set should have been something to do with the movie set to bring it back home. Because yeah, you like kind of can. You can do it in a really meta way easily. Yeah. Like, they could have maybe even had, like, them meet Melton at his home. And that way it would have gotten that out. They, mm-hmm. like, you know, maybe one of them would have left to go use the restroom mm-hmm. or whatever. The other's just looking around. They come back in and say, all right, Milton, thank you for talking to They find him dead and then have a small chase scene in there. Yeah. But they get out, you know, fine, whatever. Um... And then have, like you said, the movie set be the finale. Yeah. And it, it could almost be like a Mysterio thing, considering he's the director. He would know, like, mm-hmm. everything about that set. And that set is modeled after the Scream world from the yeah. first movie. So it would be a great callback, and they could do freaky shit with it even better. Yeah. And they just don't do a whole lot with it, which is disappointing. That being said, like... Roman is just kind of thrown in there. He he like he dies. Uh well, well and then we need he's to not dead. Reveal like who <laughs> Roman is first. Oh well yes. Oh no no wait no, I'm sorry, yeah. Where Roman fakes his death before the reveal. Mm-hmm. And when he re- does the reveal, you know, even Sydney kinda has a huh? Yeah. <laughs> Which is, as I always say, hey, I'm right there with you, Nev. I have no idea yeah. who this guy is. It's like, really? <laughs> okay. Yes. Um, K. Yeah. Because I, 
it, when I saw this in the theater, I'll admit I did see this when it came out in the theaters. I even went, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, and I know I wasn't alone. Yeah. Like a few people were like, what? Oh. Uh. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin, you are sorely missed. Yeah, but, but you know what? It won't be a horror franchise if we didn't have a long lost brother. All right, all right, you gotta all right do let's it. just wrap it up. Yeah, let's just wrap it up. <laughs> it's, yeah, long lost brother, yeah, half brother Jesus. at that. Yeah. Well, it's like it's Doctor Six Ways from Sunday. Soon. Yeah, yeah, and just yeah. So apparently, he's the product of John Milton and Rena Reynolds. Yeah, he always knew her as Reynolds. He said he went to go track her down, had mm -hmm. a new family, a new life. She didn't need me, and so he decided to record footage of his mom cheating on. Uh, you know, Sydney's dad with uh, Billy's father. Mm -hmm. God, that was a. I almost lost myself in that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so he inspired Billy, so he started all of this. Yeah. Just, so that wow. is what we're told. And yeah, we also find the voice changer earlier. Uh, I believe that's Sydney. No, that's uh, Gale and Dewey who find it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's also a other. There's a few other actors there. They all die. Yeah, everybody dies. Parker Posey uh, is one of them. She dies. Yeah. We all. Uh, we also find out that the uh, girl who was cast as the new Sydney uh, screwed John Milton to get the part. Yeah. Well, it's not. <laughs> so. Yeah. Nothing's <laughs> changed. Yeah. Same old. Same old. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's worth noting throughout this, there's a detective played by uh, Patrick Dempsey, uh, Kincaid. Who is working with Sydney? Raphael. Yeah, uh, trying to solve this case, and it's largely pointed to that he is the killer. Oh yeah, and they he even has the weird stalker photo. He has this weird stalker uh, folder for Sydney, which is weird as fuck. And uh, yeah, and they red herring the fuck out of him. Yes. <laughs> so there's almost like when it's revealed he's not the killer, I'm almost like, oh. That's surprising. I didn't expect that. But then well, when they reveal the actual color, I'm like, really? Uh, upon Jesus my research, <laughs> the original killers mm -hmm. were going to be Roman and Patricia, the actress playing Sydney. I think Patricia was her name. Oh, okay. But it was supposed to be those two who were the killer. Like, it's... So, with that theory in mind, okay? Mm-hmm. So let's say that she killed Jenny McCarthy. Yeah. Think about that kill. Mm -hmm. Or think about the other actor, uh, the guy, uh, Randall, who worked at the video store, who was, uh, you know, not supposed to be a Randy replacement or Ricky. Yeah. yeah. Ricky. <laughs> How she, you know, he got thrown from a balcony. I highly doubt Roman snuck out of that casket, put on the outfit, chased all them around, and was able to go back into that casket because that's I believe that's around the time they found his body. Mm -hmm. So it would have been her who like straight threw him yeah. off the balcony. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, I kind of did watch it with that lens because I had read that theory mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, that's 
fascinating because that was a little known that that was the original plan to have the two of them be the killers. Yeah. And have it be some like crazy like she's madly in love and she wants to see her love's vision come to life. And you know, he just used her as somebody to help, you know, take out some people. Yeah. And he takes her out <laughs> eventually. And then we had pretty much the same climax. That was just what I've read that alleged plot point was going to be or how it would have turned out. I probably would have made it a little better. Maybe, maybe. I think. Ah, <laughs> it's it's not like I said. It's not uh, a bad movie. It definitely has its moments. Carrie Fisher is fantastic in it. Yeah. Um, I do feel like there's this Carrie over. Carrie Fisher is fantastic. <laughs> there's this over focus on Sydney's mom because, like, I feel like after the first movie, things should probably more revolve around Sydney. And yeah. here, more revol- I feel like it more revolves around Sydney's mom, and Sydney is just like the progeny which eh, i guess they try to loop it in by trying to say he's responsible for getting billy on it so it's clunky it's very yeah. very clunky very very it's forced very clunky <laughs> um it's the worst of the three i thought it's fine it had potential more than anything yeah but it i thought it it's it's entertaining enough to watch but yeah, it's definitely the weaker of the three so far. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Definitely the weaker of the three. Uh, Am I ready for the John Cena hustle? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kinda. <laughs> he looks so focused in that in- opening credits that he is not gonna mess up at all. Well, that opening look- credits is kind of amazing. It, it really is just superb. It's not... Every time I watched it, yeah. I'll admit, I was always like, is that Robert Patrick? Mm-hmm. Well, hot damn, that's Robert Patrick. Yeah, he's get, he gets his little cameo. And yeah, that, the opening credits is one of those things where it's like, the first time I watched it, I was like, what the fuck? And then pretty much every time after that, I was 100% on board. I'm like, not skipping the well, credits. <laughs> yeah, the first time I was watching it, just kind of got like, all right. All yeah. right. And then it said James Gunn. I was like, ah. And just smiled like, ah, I got it. Yeah, that's that's why the dance number. Yeah. James Gunn. This well, has his fingerprints all over it. Yeah, he wrote and direct all three of these episodes. I was wondering. Mm-hmm. We'll have to see if he does the whole series. I didn't realize he'd be that involved. Well, I mean, uh, it's kind of like with Boba Fett. I'm surprised how much uh, John Favreau's fingerprints are on this one. Yeah, exactly. He, and I'm very happy with it. Yeah. I'm kind of like, all, like flabbergasted that people are hating on it. Mm-hmm. Or is anybody hating on Peacemaker? I haven't looked up reviews on it at all. I haven't either. I haven't read any. But, but I don't think a lot of people... Uh, I think a lot of people sleep on the DC stuff because the movies haven't, you know, yeah, had that great of a track record. And, I mean, a lot of people slept on Birds of Prey, and I thought that was phenomenal. Yeah, Birds of Prey is very underrated. I actually really? like that more with uh, repeat watching. So I actually had to watch that for a video and, like, study it. It's pretty yeah. fucking good. I wish they'd given Black Mask a better death, but largely it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it's. I was thoroughly impressed with it. But uh, the Suicide oh. Squad was my favorite of the DCEU. Yes. <laughs> uh, yes, this is the first uh, DCEU TV series, I believe. Uh, would you? Uh, yeah, because, uh, well... 
Was, is there something uh, I'm thinking of? I, I want to I want to say Doom Patrol, but have they made any mention no. of like the events from the DC DCE? No, events? actually, no. Crisis has identified that uh, all Doom Patrol Doom Patrol I think is actually its own Earth. Okay. Um, so it's it's separate. Um, oh yeah, and Cyborg would be different. So. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Uh, I don't think there's been one before this, uh, which is an interesting uh, character to put out there initially. Um, yeah. I will say, I, there's, I'm kind of surprised I haven't seen a whole lot of buzz. Usually when there's something new out, I see a whole bunch of buzz on like the DC forms and stuff like that. But nothing really on this. Uh, mostly people yeah. just complaining about Zack Snyder, which, oh my god, I'm so sick of that conversation. Oh my god. <laughs> What, what 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 has Snyder done that's terrible? Yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> I, it's it's not a, an overdone conversation, but yes, James I Gunn. Mean, I mean, he's not the worst director ever no. to handle a DC property. Not by a long shot, but no. But yeah, it does seem like uh, now the DCEU is kind of uh, in James Gunn's control almost. It almost feels like that because that's. Oh, we've gone from the DCEU for a little bit now. Uh, yeah, and I know that Gunn has, like, the next Guardians movie, and I don't know if he's going to do any more Guardians movies with them. No, to my understanding, uh, they're kind of, the Warner Brothers are kind of giving the DCEU more or less to him, kind of like Snyder had control for a bit. Now it's going to be Gunn's turn almost. Yeah. Now he, he is contractually obliged to do Guardians 3, which I'm, yeah. I, I assume he wants to do anyway, because he had that all written before he was fired, which is a whole oh. separate story. Uh, well, yeah, and that is. I know, or I don't know, but I imagine Kevin Feige is still very upset oh. about it. Um, but he also signed uh -oh. on to do the Guardians uh, holiday special, which should be fun. And I think like they're kind of like giving him open sandbox with the DCEU, more or less, which might be where this series came from because peacemaker is an interesting character to go off of and make a series out of i know after watching oh, yeah after watching the suicide squad i was like oh so uh where's the blood sport series <laughs> uh yeah. where's like i kind of want one of harvey dent yeah but, like pre-two-faced harvey dent Ooh, you could do like a courtroom drama. Do like a season of a courtroom yeah. drama. <laughs> you and, and we all know the ending. Yes. And we know the ending. <laughs> but we can that make it as fun. ambiguous. But but how I would end that series is I'd never show him as Two-Face. Mm -hmm. I would do the end credit scene of just the coin flip. Mm -hmm. And maybe just a gloved little scarred hand. Mm -hmm. Maybe. And then a closing... And then just like, you know, a, a character steps in, but only half of them steps in. Mm -hmm. It's the good, it's the clean faced Harvey. And it'd be like the luck of the coin. Yeah. And then end it there. I would never show him as two faced, just maybe a finger or a thumb as that. But that's it. Yeah. I'd, I'd have him wanting more, man. Nice. Gotta get him to come back. Yeah. Gotta get sense. him to come back. Yeah. yeah. But. But this, yeah, Peacemaker, I, so I guess this picks up immediately after the events of Suicide Squad uh, and the chocolate-covered starfish. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not wrong on that one. I don't think that yeah. starfish was chocolate-covered, though. I don't, think... I don't know. Well, I mean, maybe chocolate-flavored. Yeah, hot dog yeah I don't know. <laughs> Ask the rats. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Did that starfish taste like chocolate? 
<laughs> or was it more hot dog water yeah. than it tasted like? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they they revive him, bring him back to life, because he's a super soldier, and you know. <laughs> well, I mean, I think they even mentioned like, like he got shot in the neck and a building fell on him, and then, uh, yeah, he's more or less as unscarred as you can get from that experience. And yeah. Like, How the fuck did that happen? <laughs> Yeah, he's pretty much unfazed. Yeah, he's got he's got a scar in his deck now. That's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it it follows him on his missions and what he does, pretty much. Yeah, he's recruited by, and I cannot think of the character's name, but uh, essentially it's like a new version of the Suicide Squad. And I actually kind of think it's going towards something like that. Because I think the other people, like... We get a couple returning characters from the Suicide Squad that were, were on Amanda Waller's team. Yeah, they were that, the ones who kind of knocked her out before she was going to kill them all. And they're the ones, yeah, they're the ones that kind of turned against her. And I kind of feel like maybe, like, maybe there's going to be a reveal where, like, all these people have bombs in their head. Because <laughs> <laughs> it is established, uh, Peacemaker still very much has his bomb in his head. They're tracking him through it. Oh, yeah, and uh, Viola Davis does have a little brief cameo in the beginning, which, uh, not the beginning, end of episode one. Yeah. Which I thought was a fun thing. Uh, established that one of the people working with them is her daughter, which I didn't see coming. I didn't. <laughs> no, I didn't either. No, they're just having a normal, like, business conversation. And then at the end, the, 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 she just goes, bye, mom. And it's like, whoa. <laughs> Oh, yes, Clemson Mern is the guy who's in charge of this operation, who's working under Amanda Waller. Yeah. Oh, yes, and we do have to talk about the best member of the team by a mile. And that is, of course, Eagly. Eagly is yeah. epic. <laughs> that is so awesome. No, <laughs> so Peacemaker has a pet eagle named Eagly, and greatest name ever, just gotta say. And greatest pet ever. The eagle is so fucking mm -hmm. awesome in this. <laughs> this yeah, the eagle is great. I'm sure it's just computer generated, but looks great. Um, it does. It looks really good. That, there's that <laughs> scene where he's the eagle literally hugs Peacemaker, and it's like, okay. <laughs> it's just like, oh, that's so wholesome. <laughs> what well, one thing I do think is interesting is uh. And it might explain why what they did a Peacemaker series instead of a like a Bloodsport series or Ratcatcher two. And it's because Peacemaker yeah. is evolving. We're seeing this. Uh, oh, most, yeah, a lot of episode two, we're seeing how he's evolving. Uh, I love the moment where he's just freaking out. And he's like, "Rick Flag was right. You killed him, and he was right." That is the one thing I didn't like about that Suicide Squad movie: them killing Rick Flag. I know it made me actually care about Rick Flag because you know how little of two shits I would have cared if Rick Flag died in the first one. Yeah, I wouldn't have cared. But, but in the one... second one, I cared. I was like, "Oh no, <laughs> you motherfucker!" Yeah. <laughs> no, it's part of the reason why I wasn't super excited for a Peacemaker series because, like, what we get yeah, a series like, on the fucking fuck murder of Rick Flag? Fuck him. No, fuck that guy. Yeah. Fuck that guy. <laughs> fucking can't see my ass, motherfucker. Yeah. Okay. I'm I not see seeing it. that guy oh, at all. <laughs> I can't see it because I'm not going to fucking watch it, Cena. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a lie. That's a lie. No, that's we did great. watch it. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's fun. Uh, you can definitely tell James Gunn's having his fun. He's doing the, the 80s hairband theme to this series. 
<laughs> yeah, and it's not it's not even like the obvious ones. It's like like the second tier ones. <laughs> yeah, it's like the the true deep cuts. Yeah. <laughs> deep, digging uh, deep into the lore of hair metal. <laughs> we also see uh, Peacemaker in the first episode go to a bar and try to pick up on a woman. Oh, we did see him p- try to pick up on Harcourt. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's that one, yeah. Was there another one? No, no, I think he just shows up at okay. the apartment, or, like, they just cut to the apartment, or I think I've been, I'm, yeah, either I thought I missed it, or they just cut to it. <laughs> but anyways, he meets somebody that he uh, decides to sleep with that night, mm-hmm. and later turns out to be some sort of a super assassin. Yeah. I don't think they ever explain what the hell was going on there. <laughs> yeah, well, it looks like, uh, Butterfly? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It seems like there's butterflies all over the world, and uh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, he talks about how Project Starfish was a giant starfish, so now I'm going to be fighting Mothra, and uh, he's not 100 percent correct, but he's not 100 percent wrong either. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it appears to be uh, aliens, and they look like butterflies. And uh, there's a setter that's one, and I'm not even sure how it works, but like. Yeah, if their face gets blasted off, they, like, crawl out. It's like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, it's it's also slightly horrifying. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, by it the way. slightly horrifying. Hard R TV series, just gonna say that. Oh, <laughs> hard TVMA for violence oh, and yeah. gore. Oh, my God. Yeah. I was just kind of like, oh, it's, it's that type of show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, uh, well, we have even talked about his uh, sidekick. Vigilante. As I, yeah, yeah. As I've said a million different times, James Gunn, you need to do horror, or you need to do it more. Yeah. <laughs> like my God, man. <laughs> yeah, his sidekick. Yeah, Vigilante is is weird. <laughs> I, I I did love the bromance bonding scene in the woods of them just blowing shit up and shooting trees. Yeah. Well, what, there's kind of. <laughs> I think the scene that will always define Vigilante for me is when they take off the mask. And his immediate reaction is like, if I make weird faces, you won't be able to identify me. So he's literally just there making the weirdest faces you could possibly think of. <laughs> it's just like, that's not how that works, dude. <laughs> I think uh, I think my daughter spent uh, a few minutes after that just making weird faces so we couldn't recognize her. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, goddamn! I wish I would. I wish I would have thought of that. I would have uh, brought in some more props. Then, you know, <laughs> like, like I would have brought in the Nixon mask and just been haro. Oh God! <laughs> oh, this... I've been working on a few different ones. <laughs> we also got to bring up Batmite is in the DCEU, firmly Batmite, established, yeah. and now he needs a movie. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, that's kind of what I appreciate about James Gunn. Like, we'll see what if the DC or Warner Bros. decides to stick with the James Gunn direction. But I kind of appreciate yeah. how he's not afraid to just go into all the goofy shit. Like, yeah. fuck it, man. Sure, we'll do well, we'll do I hard th- R right right stuff. But yeah, we're we're doing the goofy shit too. <laughs> well, what, one thing I think is interesting, and I think that it plays to DC's advantage, or at least could definitely play to DC's advantage, mm-hmm. is that they still have a lot of the intellectual film rights to all their properties. Yeah, they don't like 
there's none that I don't think any other franchise or any other studio owns. Yeah. At least to the best of my knowledge. Mm-hmm. Like they own the big, they own their Titans mm-hmm. right now, which I'd say their Titans as of this moment are obviously Superman, Batman. Wonder Woman. Yeah. And Wonder Woman. Yes. I, th- I, I don't know. They need to, they need to come up with a great third installment. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, my, my opinion, my opinion though. Well, yeah. Well, Aquaman, Aquaman, they're definitely kind of hoping that he will too. I know they have a Flash movie coming out. Yes, and they, and I'm, I'm looking forward to that one actually. Yeah, no, it should be fun. It's a, uh, that's gonna be a Flashpoint though, and I know, I know, lots of people talk about Flashpoint as the first Flash movie. Not the best starting point, but okay, I see why. I see. <laughs> it certainly is asking a lot for your casual movie-going yeah. audience. Yeah. It certainly is asking a lot of them. Right. They are, you are wanting to them to, ex, like, you know, suspend their uh, suspicion of disbelief quite a bit. And then, like, the current story is after that movie, like, Ben Affleck's Batman will no longer be the main DCEU Batman. It'll now be Michael Keaton's. Or Robert Pattinson. No, they, they're saying yeah. it's going to be Michael Keaton, but that's where I'm going to come in and say I think it's bullshit. It's going to be Robert Pattinson. <laughs> you know, maybe they're going to do like, no, they're already establishing him as Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. Which, I actually, I saw some production stills of that yesterday. Mm-hmm. I saw some of both the villains of like um, uh, Colin Farrell. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. he cast as Penguin. Yeah. They they cover um, him up with dude, makeup and it's like whoa, <laughs> dude. He looks a little scary. Oh yeah, he looks great in that. He movie. looks intimidating. Yeah, and uh, I've also seen some of Paul Dano as the Riddler. Um, pretty excited. Pretty yeah, excited. He looks very terrifying and menacing. I'll, I'll confess, Paul Dano is one of those actors I'm not usually thrilled with, but. I really like the idea of him as Riddler. So now I have a serious question for you, Bobby. Yeah. Berenstein Bears or Berenstain Bears? Berenstain Bears. Oh, you got it wrong. You got it wrong. That's that's how I remember saying it as a kid. Uh, you know what? When I grew up, that's how I remember seeing it. But uh, now that I see yeah. it, I see it written, and I'm like, yeah, no, there's definitely an A there. <laughs> Berenstain Bears, yeah. Berenstain Bears, yeah. No, they have that debate yeah. at the end of the show. And of course, I, yeah. I, I can't, I can't watch that debate and not think of Angry Video Game Nerd because he did that huge fucking episode about that one thing. Yeah, <laughs> actually, a good buddy of mine, uh, when that started first making the rounds of everything, yeah, uh, he had sent me a picture of some of his books from childhood mm-hmm. and going, I think I could settle this right now. He's like, God, I could have sworn. And I went, yeah, me too, dude. Yeah, no, I remember his bears, seen bears too, and it's it's wrong. <laughs> yeah, we all just remembered it wrong. I guess my daughter looked up, uh, like, from one of the authors was saying, yeah, even growing up as a kid, lots of times people would, like, pronounce or just write their name as Berenstein, and it's it's not. <laughs> so it was just a common mis- misunderstanding. Yeah, yeah hmm. exactly. No phenomena behind it. <laughs> yeah. No, no. It's definitely a cross-dimensional rift where some some people grew up in a dimension where it's Berenstein and some people grew up in a dimension where it's Berenstein okay. and it crosses over. Okay. And birds are drones. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's, I think that's more realistic than just people's memories being a little buggy. 
<laughs> yeah, and birds are drones. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Absolutely, birds are drones. <laughs> all birds, not just some, all. Let us not forget about the mass genocide of 20 million birds by our U.S. government. Actually, none of that ever happened. I have no way of even proving if any of that happened. That is just the crackpot of some comedian who thinks he's hilarious. There's a documentary about that. uh, Birds aren't real. Well, you know who is real? Eagly. <laughs> Eagly, he is real. I don't care if he's computer generated, he's real. <laughs> he is. He lives on in the hearts of true patriots. And you know, one thing I want to look up, I don't know if you got around to it, uh, Robert Pattinson. What? Robert Pattinson. Robert Patrick. <laughs> Completely different, but somehow now I'm realizing similar names. <laughs> yeah. Uh,. They were calling him something in the end of episode two, I want to say. Augie Smith. Augie Smith. Yeah, but what were they calling him? Oh, what? I forget what they were calling him. They were chanting something, but it looked like they were kind of like, you know, um, uh, saluting him in a certain manner. Yeah. In form. And in case you're wondering, his father is the guy who makes all the helmets. So Peacemaker has all these helmets with different features. I guess they don't show that in Suicide Squad. Um, no, they really don't. But yeah, like, he blows up one of the aliens with that sonic boom or whatever it was. It was just like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> so his father's a genius and also super racist. <laughs> yeah, he is really racist. Not not to be too subtle about it when uh, we see... Uh, Peacemaker walking into his uh, dad's place. He his dad has on the TV what appears to be uh, a guy who looks a lot like Rush Limbaugh doing an Alex Jones thing. <laughs> oh, that yeah, I kind of was like, oh, this is. Uh, I have no idea what they're talking about, and I'm disgusted. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> it's it's. <laughs> so I got a bit on him. Uh, they call him uh, yeah. White Dragon, which sounds super familiar. White Dragon. And in DC lore, that has a legacy named used by many different supervillains associated with white supremacy. And uh, the name is a reference uh, to the Ku Klux Klan. <laughs> oh, shocking. I know. Well, I mean, <laughs> flows right in. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it makes sense for the character. I assumed it was something like that. I thought there'd be a bit more to it than that. I guess I have to go into the individual characters here. Yeah, probably. But yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I mean, I don't think I learned anything new there, because that's exact. Like, if you asked me to guess what White Dragon was, I probably would have said something like that. It's definitely a white supremacy uh, thing, right? I'm sure it's something racist. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it's something racist. With his dad, yeah, it's something super racist. <laughs> so while I was waiting for you to look that up, I was reading something in my uh, book for that uh, synthesizer mm-hmm. I got. And then one of the pages, the past 50 years with Kraftwerk and David Bowie. Mm-hmm. Damn. <laughs> that that seems like it's just going to be an amazing chapter. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Mm. All right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Peacemaker, um, 
I want to see how... This is almost like Book of Boba Fett for me, where I'm enjoying it, but I definitely want to see where it plays out. Um, yes. I do like how it seems like Peacemaker is kind of evolving. He's He is an idiot. It's worth noting he's very stupid. <laughs> he's very dense. Yes. Which is which is shocking since he's invisible, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, because that, that's always what he would say, and you know, do this sort of thing. Which I mean, if you're already invisible, I mean, why, why do that? You're just causing a, a breeze and confusing them anymore. Like. <laughs> but yeah, I want to see where how it plays out. But yeah, I'm enjoying this a fair bit. Uh, any final thoughts before we go on to Karate uh, Kid no. 2? I'm enjoying it too, uh, but like you, I'm I'm kind of just seeing it because this is kind of uncharted waters for DC and the DCEU, yeah. so I'm excited to see where it goes. I like the direction. Mm -hmm. um, I just kind of hope that... The, I think that they're... I, I don't know. I kind of starting to think that, you know, like the comic hero thing is slowly, maybe like I think Marvel kind of flooded it for a little while. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I think audiences aren't really rushing to see these. Yeah, yeah. You know. But I, they'll find their audience. They'll find their audience. Mm -hmm. They will. Well, I, I mean... I think people are hesitant because of DC's track record. Yeah, that that's what hurts DC because... Yeah, I mean, I, think, I still think their greatest success is Shazam. Oh, yeah, Shazam. Well, and I'm, before that, well, I mean, and now the and James Gunn's Suicide Squad, but up to that, Shazam was their best. Yeah, best I, would, movie. I would agree with that as well. Um, and I want that sequel, man. No, well, that's definitely coming. So <laughs> I know I can't wait for that one. I'm actually excited about that one. Yeah, I'm interested to see what they do with Black Adam too. Although I'm less excited for that, but I'm interested yeah. to see because it's The Rock, and The Rock's usually entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> he's yeah, he's he's pretty good. I think it's I think it's overdue. For mm -hmm. him to be a superhero, actually. I know, yeah. I mean, and it's kind of, I mean, he was the Scorpion King. Uh, yeah, and CGI for like the last half of that movie. Really bad if, early if, 2000 if, CGI. If you want to call, if you want to call that CGI, Bob, sure. Yeah. Yeah, we'll call it that. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Is like, that giving yeah, too okay. much credit? <laughs> no, I, I, that's like a screensaver. Yeah. <laughs> we got some actually, uh, PlayStation no, no, One graphics. <laughs> Are you ready for the Karate Kid? Yeah. Okay. Which actually, I thought the ending of, or the beginning of this was the ending of the first one, like I had mentioned last week. Well, yeah, and last week I said that they, I, I thought they had filmed the beginning of this to be the ending of one, and then they just cut off and then moved it to here. And I was actually wrong. They planned it for uh, to be the end of the first one, but they never shot it. They didn't shoot it until this one. Which is why That's Allie right. isn't in it, which makes sense. Mm. <laughs> it doesn't matter. She she dumps Danny anyways. Yeah. We don't need Allie. Fuck Young Allie. Love. That, Young love. That, that, that bitch. She left our boy, Danny. That yeah, she right. left him for a football player, which I thought was kind of a weak excuse. However, if they said uh, she left then, him... Then what, the, 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 what was all the social class crap from the first one yeah. about then? All the social class crap. If she if he had said she left me because I could because uh, she says I focus too much on the social stuff. I won't believe that so much faster. Someone, <laughs> yeah, that that would have been more viable because you know Danny couldn't get over that crap. Yeah, he like that was one thing I <laughs> I didn't even bring it up last week. I meant to because it never felt like he actually got over it. it. Just felt like she goes, ah, well, fuck it. <laughs> 
<sighs> he's pretty. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. He beat. He won this karate tournament. Ooh, it was yeah, fancy. There we, <laughs> there we go. High level microphone. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, Karate Kid 2. Uh, I'm going to start out with what I really like about this. Because this is, overall, I would say this is mostly a good movie. Yeah, mostly a great... It, it is a great, great, like, um, I guess it's... It's a great story device to learn more about Miyagi in this movie. Yes. And I, that's something that I really took away more from this one. Mm-hmm. I think this is more about Miyagi, mm-hmm. but like with, you know, Daniel's son peppered in. Yeah. In fact, I think this movie would have been just probably almost as good or maybe just as good as the first one if this was like a purely Miyagi story with kind yeah. of Daniel as a supporting cast member. Because yeah. his stuff is the best. The stuff with him and Sato, it's yeah. interesting in how that it evolves is. and works out. Essentially, uh, Miyagi came to America because he fell in love with his best friend's girl. And Sato challenged him to a duel to the death. And rather than fight him, he ran to America. Yeah, he ran. And from that point on, you know, Sato was just saying he was a coward. Yes. He's a coward. He mm-hmm. ran away. He's mm-hmm. a coward. He's a coward. Mm-hmm. But we later find out that Miyagi's father is ill, so mm-hmm. he needs to go back to Tokyo. Yeah. Or no, not Tokyo. Uh, Okinawa. Yeah, Okinawa. Yes. Mm. Yeah, Okinawa. And uh, when, while he's there at Okinawa, when they land, him and – well, him and uh, Ralph Macchio, when they land – uh, they're greeted by Mr. Intensity himself. Yeah, Chosen. <laughs> Over the top. For real. <laughs> but he was great, but my god, what was what was the actor's name? I can't remember the character off the top of my head. Uh, let's see. I don't know. The The character was Chosen, but uh, the actor... Yeah, Chosen, yeah. Chosen. Man, so he's the nephew of Sato. And, you know, he first there to show them up like, you know, Goodwill. Yeah, you know, we know your your family is sick. We'll give you a ride. Mm-hmm. They take him out and they find out that Sato Industries have bought out most of the village, mm-hmm. all the land. They were, like, mining the hell out of it, it looked like. I don't, is that what they were doing? They really didn't say what it is that they were doing, or at it's least I must not have just it. clear. Yeah, because it looked like they were just paving it and maybe mining. Oh, I am not going to prene- attempt to pronounce Chosen's real name. <laughs> Okay, well, let's just go with Chosen then. Yeah, Chosen. But before they go, it's worth noting, uh, D- Daniel joins this trip very last minute, and Mr. Miyagi's kind of against it because he's diving into yeah. his ch- college money. To which my counter-argument would be, how often does someone get a chance to go to Okinawa? Yeah. Dude, you go. Get like Holy a different shit. Trip. Get, <laughs> get like a, an ev- uh, the opportunity to see Okinawa from the perspective of a true person from okinawa yeah like the true okinawan experience yeah that, yeah that's would, a no-brainer i'm yeah sorry. I, would, I would have done that too and i <laughs> fell in love with some of the stuff when I, that that i saw in this movie i gotta tell you bob mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, i was looking at some of those i'm uh i think they're i'm probably gonna butcher the pronunciations but uh sashimi those guitar things those okay things yeah yeah guitars, mm-hmm. yeah those look cool yeah oh i want to buy one <laughs> yeah well i just i love the village stuff i love the the 
conflict between Sato and Miyagi because it makes sense yeah. they're mad at him for running away, and it also makes sense that Miyagi ran away because yeah. you know sometimes the greater part of valor is not being there. <laughs> yeah, and we also find the girl that Miyagi fell in love with never married. Yeah, because he was gone, and that that's pretty much Miyagi's biggest mistake is that he didn't take her with him. Yeah, that was his biggest mistake. Mm -hmm. Yeah, even like, I remember even watching the first one and he talked like, you know, I was just thinking like, why didn't he get her? He's an idiot. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> like, you're a fool? Mm -hmm. Go get her. But, I but, mean, he didn't get her out of honor. But but yeah. he you know I mean we find out he does eventually he does eventually later get a get a wife and a child and that of course ends tragically but yeah he yeah. did get a life after that and you know he did you know and yet had tragic as it was you know <laughs> but I do feel like I do feel like it's not really explored the relationship he he really should have had with uh, Yuki. Yuki. Yeah, there should have been more with the relationship between him and Yuki. In fact, I feel like uh, the relationship between Daniel and Kumiko really should have been re replaced with the relationship between uh, Miyagi and Yuki. Uh, Kumiko is Daniel's new love interest, in your case you're wondering. And I don't have any problem with the character, except I don't feel like Daniel needs a new love interest, except be like the first one. Yeah, I... I I felt this was shooting. Yes. Uh, this yeah. is a good Miyagi movie mashed in with a rehashed Daniel movie. Just mashed yeah. together. And you, yeah. it feels it sometimes. It, like, it Chosen is like... Chosen is like Johnny, like... But, like, really fucking piece of shit Johnny. Like, he, he's like ooh. Johnny to 11. Yeah, he's like sadistic 11, yeah. Johnny. Like, Johnny... Like you could even see, you see at the end, Johnny had his limits, and yeah, Chosen's yeah. like all in. Fuck this, fuck Daniel. He's going after him, and Jesus, <laughs> Jesus, buddy. <laughs> like, like the worst thing Daniel does Easy. to him is he exposes that he's a con man. Yeah, and Chosen will not forgive him for that, and it's like, dude, you're the one doing the con. You're <laughs> yeah, you're the one ripping people off. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, but uh, kind of fuck you. <laughs> Kind of like you fucking had this coming. Yes, exactly. <laughs> there, there, there's a phrase where I come from, and it's called "eat shit and live." <laughs> yeah, I think uh, the chosen stuff is very forced. I feel like the heart of the movie should have been. It really wasn't, but should have been. And at times, it kind of was the relationship between Sato and Miyagi. Yeah. Because that's interesting, and there's a lot to explore there. But then... No, the, there <sighs> there was a lot that I feel we could have gone back into with that one in particular. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I feel that... I wanted to see, like... I don't know, maybe this is just me asking too much for it. But, like, maybe even seeing clips of their friendship way back when. Yeah, yeah. Long times ago, yeah. Like, that, like stuff like that, so we could have had a better understanding of their friendship. Mm -hmm. And, like, the roots that it had. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, we also see by the end of the film that, you know, once they've made their peace with each other, all, like, you know, everything is fine and right. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And that, that, that was, that was, I mean, I saw it coming, but it was a very nice touch. Oh yeah. It was very nice. Uh, like I said, the very Miyaki stuff here is so goddamn good. Um, probably, probably I'd say the worst aspect of the Miyagi stuff is that there isn't more of it. And I, I put this in the notes, uh, Daryl Vindel, who did, uh, the stunt work for Miyagi in the first one, yeah. does not return for this one. And he has a very brief fight scene in this one, and he's missed. He's missed. Uh, Pat Morita is not great in the actual karate stuff, but he's so good in the role. He's so <laughs> Yeah, he's still good in the role. And I, I do agree with, like, as we mentioned about this earlier, like, that, that early fight, or that last fight, really seemed tacked on there. Yeah, it felt like, you know, oh, everything gosh. was kind of done, and then Chosen takes uh, Daniel's girl, uh, Kimiko, hostage, yeah. and challenges him to a fight to the death. And yeah. I'm not gonna lie, I remember as a kid thinking, oh, wow, this is actually a fight to the death, that's crazy. And now as an adult, I'm like, Jesus Christ, this is tacked on. Like the movie's over. Yeah, but we're doing this. Yeah, I, I kind of felt like they were having their celebration. Yeah, and and like, why doesn't this whole village just beat this kid's ass right yeah. now? <laughs> Nobody is supporting Chosen at this point. Everybody is behind Daniel, the whitest kid in Okinawa. <laughs> I mean, you you gotta seriously have fucked up to get like. Why does that sound like a tagline to like the greatest hip hop album of all time? <laughs> The whitest kid in Okinawa. Yeah, that work. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, yeah, when, when the foreigner comes to your town, everybody's supporting the foreigner. Man, you know you're a fucking jerk. You're... <laughs> yeah, you know you're an asshole. <laughs> but yeah, oh, uh, God. Okay, this is it's good it's definitely not remotely as good as the last uh, one but it's yeah it's not as good as the first one no but our boy danny did try that crane kick and it didn't work out yeah yeah that months. was kind of funny seeing that crane kick again <laughs> i remember i seen seen him do that i even said like what the fuck are you doing danny yeah well it, it i always thought it was weird in the first one the hell he talked about how it's unblockable it's like i can think of a whole I'm bunch of ways to block that <laughs> nope <laughs> there's there's several ways to block it. Dodge it. See, I, 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 sweep I kick them. <laughs> I, I just like will take a page out of like you know what I studied as a kid, which was you know a stooge foo. Mm -hmm. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Karate Kid too. Yeah. Worth watching if you haven't seen it. In a while. It is. It's, it is. It's it's streaming on Peacock with ads. Yes. Yeah, no, that's actually the choice I had to bring up to my daughter. It's like, are we going to watch this in HD with ads or in standard definition with no ads? We watched it in standard definition. <laughs> I watched like it with I, ads. They, they were so unnoticeable. Like, I didn't... Were, were there a lot of ads with this one? I know the first one was just loaded. No. Okay. Well, a little bit, like, in the beginning and okay. then the middle kind of played and it was kind of had heavy, but, like, that whole fight scene at the end. Like the whole ending conflict scene and mm -hmm. the storm, mm -hmm. no ads the whole time. Nice. Mm. So that part, yeah, only the only part was like at the end when the end end, mm -hmm. right before the end, it went to a commercial, and then we had one small scene and then the credits. And I was like, what? Really? <laughs> that, that 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 took away the whole momentum of like the feel right there. Yeah. So I did like scroll back and 
okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. It did kind of end abruptly. (laughs) Yeah, no, the movie does end abruptly. Like, they do the final fight and the end, literally. Yeah, because I had said that I had watched two immediately after watching one last week, so Mm -hmm. I needed to refresh it, and I kind of, yeah, I did kind of forget that did end rather abruptly. Yeah. Just well, like the first one, that that ended rather abruptly. I mean, Daniel Daniel asked Kimiko to go with her to America, and then there's this conversation with Miyagi and Yuki about whether or not she'll go with them, and they never fucking answer this. And I think Maybe it's obvious. Will be addressed this, next week. Yeah, possibly yeah. when we cover three. The I Hillary think, Schlank. No. Yeah, I, I, I'm just gonna assume it's because the filmmakers knew they didn't want to bring them back because they want to keep these guys singles for new girlfriends. Which is so yeah, lame. yeah. That's how like, no, they could just get a new girl in there, you know, yeah. like one that they can mac on, like a like a Bond girl or like the girl that's you know you know Bruce is gonna be banging in a Batman movie when yeah. they announce so and so is in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like there's Nicole Kidman's overly sexualized. Oh God. <laughs> Nicole Kidman was a character made for that type of role. <laughs> I mean, like, easy, damn yeah. girl, heal. <laughs> but yes, Cry Kid 2, very, very okay. I have to say, the Betty, the, the bookies parlor with the ice, the sheets of ice was like I my know. favorite part. I'm not going to lie, that scene is kind of abrupt, it's just kind of there, but it was fucking cool. <laughs> It really was. And where he's just like, I can't cover that. And it's like, oh, what's up, man? Yeah. Miyagi came in and now you're not talking so much shit. Mm-hmm. What's up with that? Oh, your uncle's here and you still ain't talking that shit. <laughs> well, there's also, I want to talk about that hook scene where, uh, <laughs> man, like uh, Miyagi does this thing where he dodges a hook and Danny wants to try it out. So, of course, Miyagi sets it up, but he, he protects him. He puts, like, a cork over the hook so it can't actually get him. And it does yeah. knock Daniel down, so it would have been really bad if it got him. And then he got up again, and it hooked his shirt. Yeah, and then he tried one without a cork on it, and it almost got him. <laughs> and yeah. I just love Miyagi's response. Yeah. I did the same thing when I was your age. My dad said it was stupid. He was right. <laughs> he was right. <laughs> he was right. Yeah. <laughs> Like yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that was some I mean, there, dumb that, shit. <laughs> that's a, that's some stuff I could say. Like yeah, I asked my dad about it when I was a kid. He said I was stupid for doing it. Mm-hmm. He was right. <laughs> he was right. <laughs> yeah, it just occurred to me we don't really have next week planned because this week was no. just all sun switched on uh, the fly. Yeah, yeah. The we had to do on the fly midweek. So yeah, because it was just like shit. Omicron's everywhere. Let's not go are to theaters. Truly living up to our name right now. Yes. Um, living up. To we actually name. padded this. This one actually padded out longer than uh, I thought we would. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, usually but, about uh, what we do we, on like three tops. Yeah, this is about yeah because like we 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 do we both have, let our ADD shine on here sometimes. It's it's not bad. <laughs> It's not bad. It's a Wait, good what? What? <laughs> it's a good and squirrel. Squirrel. <laughs> squirrel. But uh, what next week? Uh, do we want to do Scream Four? Yeah, let's let's talk four. Yeah. Uh, talk okay, four. we'll do Scream Four. Uh, or what we could do is we could wait twelve episodes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, we could do <laughs> Scream Four. Is there anything else? Should we do Karate Kid Three next week? Just keep it going. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we could do that to keep it going. And um, uh, 
I don't know. I, I mean, the two Bob Saget movies I, I brought up that I think oh, that yeah, we could sure. cover. Uh, the two I have off the top of my head are uh, like we have Farce of the Penguins. Yeah. I've not heard of it. No. <laughs> oh, you haven't heard of this? No. Okay, so you you remember March of the Penguins, of course. Oh yeah. Mm. How that won an Oscar, or it was getting an Oscar buzz, or whatever. Yeah. Bob Saget thought it was kind of ridiculous that a bunch of stock footage is winning Oscars. So he decided that you know what, I could give one that would be, you know, I could if it's that easy to make a movie. Fuck, I'll make one. Mm. So he wrote an entire story with Bob Saget-esque humor, the whole thing, about a whole bunch of penguins going to one destination to Bane. Nah. Because that's pretty much what the penguins are doing in the footage. And it has a lot of voice at talent on there that is amazing. Oh, wow. Uh, Tracy Morgan is on it, yeah. Uh, it follows two main ones, which are oh. Bob Saget and Louis Black. The main narrator is Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, oh that's yes. a brilliant counter to Morgan Freeman. Oh. <laughs> So, yeah, Bob Saget said, well, fuck, I could make one. <laughs> this movie is, like, definitely something I'd say it, you really only know unless you're, you know. Yeah. Okay, so... Also, uh, the, the other choice I would have brought up would have been Dirty Work. Dirty Work. Starring that Norm MacDonald. Oh! Starring Norm MacDonald and Artie Lane because Bob Saget wrote and directed that as well. Uh, I lean towards Farce the Penguins, but do you have, cool, yeah. like, do you really want to do dirty work? Cause... Oh, no, no, okay. no, I'm, I'm good with both. I'm actually great with both, because both are, are funny as hell. Okay, so we'll do Farce the Penguins in honor of Bob I mean, I'd Saget. say that dirty, mm -hmm. I'd say that dirty work is way more nostalgia than anything else, because Chris Farley's also in that movie, too. Oh, wow. Wow, when was that movie yeah. made? Mm. Uh, 90s, mid-90s. Oh, shit. I didn't even know. Norm was... Norm still had his curly, lanky hair, and he still looked really teenagey in like early twenties. Norm still looked young. Artie still had his original nose. Oh wow! Mm. I remember when but that yeah. movie came out. Yeah, like yeah, uh, Chris Farley makes jokes about a Saigon whore who bit his nose off. Ooh. Mm. <laughs> All right, so right now, yeah, let's do Farce the Penguins, Cry Kid 3, and Scream 4. Scream 4. And then we will figure out exactly what we're going to do with Scream 5 at some point. Yeah, we'll we'll uh, mm. we'll hammer it out. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Because I do want to see it. I, know. I do, too. I do, too. And, like, you know, not watching, like, I have to, like, preload up shit for YouTube. Mm-hmm. Because, like, you know, No Way Home was spoiled, and guess what? Same channels are popping up with them. There's a guy who dropped a spoiler video the day it came out. No, spoiler videos come out fast and furious, I feel like. I, I don't know. Like I said, I actually avoid lots of movie commentary stuff anymore just because I don't want to influence my stuff too much. I don't... Yeah, you got Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I'm... Yeah. <laughs> The new official theme music. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, this will be so much fun to annoy my wife with. Oh. So coming next week, Bobby's divorce. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> 
Either that or uh, my public execution. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, yeah, I think we're good. (laughs) All right. Before we go into any more marriage difficulties. Yeah. Oh, that was just harmless fun. Uh, Well, everyone have a good one. All right. Take care. I want to go ahead and add some audio credits at the end here. Uh, the theme music you're hearing at the beginning and end of this podcast was uh, written and performed by George Johnson, a very good friend of mine. And my current Patreons are uh, Fel Martins, David Lara, and Lindsay Painkhurst. If you'd like to become a patron, go ahead and follow the link down below. Anything you can provide would be incredibly helpful to this channel. We're barely limping by right now. Uh, I'd love to make this my full-time job, but I'm miles away from that right now. So any help you could provide, just a dollar a month would be amazing. You know you want to. All your friends are doing it.